All right, before we jump into baptism, we are going to hear a short word today. And so I'm going to take you to the Bible. Can I get you all to open up your Bibles, please? And I got my real Bible here today because last week I made a mistake. And so I'm not trusting technology ever again. Um, I read the wrong passage. Uh, Colossians. We're in Colossians chap- uh, chapter 2 today. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through to 14 is our passage for today. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 6 through to 14. I'll be reading from the ESV version. Uh, I'll read this for us. Please follow along as I read um, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord to walk in him, Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in Him, who is the head of all rule and authority." In him also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Verse 13, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him having forgiven us all our trespasses by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, For those who don't know me, uh, my name is Daniel. I'm one of the pastors here at Kingsway, and a special welcome to our friends and family of those who are being baptized. Uh, We're going to spend the next uh, 20 minutes just jumping into uh, what God has to say to us on this special Sunday. But before I do, let's ask God for some help, shall we? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we again uh, give you Thanks that you spoke through your word and you continue to speak in your word even today. Lord God, may you do that very thing that you're the best at, which is to speak to us and lead us and guide us to your son. Lord, be with us here. Be with me as I explain this passage and uh, bring to bear uh, what you have prepared for us to hear. And I also pray for the hearts of those who have gathered here that they might receive your word humbly, gladly, graciously, so that we might know just a little bit more about your love and your grace in the Lord Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So if you've been around uh, in church for a a while, uh, you would know that baptism service is a little bit different uh, to our regular uh, Sunday services. As you can tell, we tend to have a little bit more people than the typical Sunday service. Uh, We have lights and decorations, balloons. Uh, We have gifts, flowers. The service, hopefully not today, but service sometimes goes a little bit longer uh, than the typical Sunday. So with all these things, we kind of go, okay, something is different here. I actually, I spoke to a couple of our church members uh, before the service and some people who didn't know it was baptism, they come in and they go, oh, 
is, it must be baptism today. Uh, it's very, very obvious that something is a little bit different. What's so special about it then? If you've also been a Christian for a while, you'll probably know also that baptism is an important thing. Uh, we know that Christians should get baptized. We know that Jesus told his disciples to get baptized. We know that it has something to do with water. But what is it exactly? That's what we're here to remember and celebrate. But what is it? If it's only these things, surely it shouldn't be that significant. I mean, Christians who follow Jesus should do a lot of other things. Jesus commanded his disciples to do a lot of other things. And also, I mean, water. Water is great, but what does it really have to do with anything else? I think there are many passages in the scriptures that talk about baptism, but oddly enough, there aren't many that give an explanation of sorts of what it actually is. Uh, Luckily, we've still got a few uh, in the Bible, and the passage that uh, Pastor Peter read uh, read out for us before is, I think, in my opinion, one of the best. Now, if you didn't know already, uh, we believe that baptism is for believing adults and the children of uh, believing adults. We baptize babies, and when they are old enough, they have the chance to confirm their baptism, both of which we are going to do today. And I think this passage, Colossians 2, uh, does a great job of putting some flesh on the bone toward why we do what we do today. Why do we baptize infants Why do we baptize adults and confirm those adults who were baptized as babies? And those will make our two sort of short points for our uh, time together here. Baptism is for our children and baptism is for the believer. As we work our way through these two points, hopefully we can put some flesh on the bone of why we're doing what we're doing here today. And just to help us out, let me kick it off by uh, throwing out a word out there. Uh, throwing a word out there, rather, um, that would help us kind of uh, think through this idea. And that word is, is covenant. Covenant. It's not a word that we tend to use in our day-to-day language. But let me explain it a little bit uh, in the simplest of terms. A covenant is a committed relationship that involves commitment. A committed relationship that involves commitment. Now, an example of a covenant of sorts, without the religious aspect to it, is your work relationship with your employer. You commit to work for your company, and you commit to fulfill the obligations of your job description. And in turn, your company and your boss uh, commits to pay you a set amount of money. In a manner of speaking, that is a covenant. Um, As I said, let's uh, first look at Thinking of, the word, uh, thinking of the word covenant, let's look at the first point. Uh, why do we baptize our children? Follow along from verse uh, 9. Could I get the next, next slide, please? Follow along from verse 9. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism. Do you see a repeating word as I read out that passage? 
let me address that elephant word in the room, circumcision. I'm sure everyone knows what circumcision is, so I don't need to go into detail about that, but um, why does Paul seem to point, uh, pair rather, the act of circumcision to baptism? He does that, circumcision, baptism. Now, for the Jewish people, circumcision was and still is, even to this day, the sign and seal that God gave to Abraham to show that God was not lying about his promise to Abraham. A sign and a seal. Ever since then, Jews have believed uh, that circumcision is a sign and seal that serves as a reminder to them, the people of God, that they are Abraham's descendants, that they are God's very own people and possession. So to understand why we, as Christians, baptize children, we need to have an idea of why or how circumcision as a sign of God's promise worked. Because our passage clearly does that. It pairs circumcision and baptism together. Baptism now is the new circumcision for the Christian, in a manner of speaking. Now, Christians don't need to baptize, uh, Christians don't need to circumcise our babies. Um, adult believers don't need to be circumcised. But let's talk about baptism then. Why do we need to get baptized? Why do we baptize infants? Baptism is the new circumcision. The Jewish people circumcised all their male babies. So there's a continuity here. So therefore, we should also baptize all our babies. Now, is that all? I think there's a little bit more to it than that. What did circumcision mean in the context of God's covenant with Abraham, I wonder? Well, it reminded the people that they were different. It reminded the Jewish people that they were set apart from the rest of the world. And it ultimately looked forward to the day that God's promise would be complete. The day when all the nations of the earth will be blessed through Abraham's descendants. We as Christians believe that that was indeed fulfilled, completed in Christ when he finished his work on the cross, when even people like us, Gentiles, non-Jewish people, would be welcomed into God's family by faith. If circumcision looked forward to Christ, baptism points us back to Christ. Baptism is a sign of God's promise that he indeed has a chosen people. And just like the Jewish people of the Old Testament, these included not only individuals and adults, but families, including infants. Children are included in God's new covenant family through baptism. Just like circumcision distinguished God's chosen people, baptism now distinguishes God's chosen people. Baptism is God's word made visible. It takes what we hear and helps us to see it. When we baptize our children in the church, what are we doing? Well, we are recognizing that God's promise to his people is also available and offered for our children. It is a sign that they are genuinely 
and legitimately a part of Christ's visible church. We are committing them into God's hands and hoping with all our hearts that they would accept this genuine reality later on in their life by faith and to be genuine family members in Christ's invisible church. Speaking of hoping with all our hearts that our children might come to accept this genuinely by faith, remember how I began by talking about covenant, how a covenant is a relationship that involves commitment. When we baptize our children in the church, in this context, there is a distinct beauty of the child's parents and you, the believing congregation members of the church, making a profound commitment in turn. It is a commitment that we, as parents and as fellow uncles and aunties, if you will, of the faith, come rally around together, around the uh, babies and around the baptized children, to raise them up in the way of Christ. That is what we're doing here also. To see to it, as we have just read, that they will not be taken captive by philosophy or empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. In other words, that we will raise up and defend our children against the unchristian world, against the unbaptized world and its worldviews, whether they be worldly philosophy, worldly deceit, worldly tradition, anything that stands against the way of Jesus, that we will show and teach our baptized children to, as verse 6 says, to walk in Him, rooted and built up. And build them up in him and establish them in the faith. So in a very real sense, when we baptize children of believing parents, we as a church are adopting them as our own. There's a profound truth to that reality. That they are members of our faith family. That they are in effect, not only not only are we uncles and aunties, we are also uh, looking at them as our own sons and daughters. That they are not sealed uh, with a birth certificate showing their parentage, but by the seal of baptism by water. That they are in a significant way a part of the church for whom Christ has died. The community that worships the God of the Bible. See, baptism, indeed, uh, Baptism Sunday is really a special Sunday. A service like this is worth making a big, big deal about. It's worth all the decorations and the flowers and the gifts. Because we are witnessing today an adoption ceremony of sorts. We are witnessing children being brought by their parents to Jesus. We are witnessing the church embracing their children, committing them to raising them up in Jesus. See, the blessed sacrament of baptism is not only for adults. It is a blessing to children of believers as well. Because baptism is a sign that reminds us that our children are the Lord's also. 
that baptism is a seal that sets our children apart from the rest of the world. That is what we are doing here today for our children. Let's spend the rest of our time talking about the second and final point. Baptism is for the believer. It's possible that as I talked about uh, the baptism of children, a question might have lingered around in your head. So does that mean that when we baptize our children, that at the moment of baptism, they are saved? That might have been lingering around in your head. And indeed, this is what the Roman Catholics believe, that baptism of a baby removes the original sin of Adam and Eve and admits them into the church family as saved and redeemed individuals. And no, that is not what we believe. Because in verse 6, the Apostle Paul says that, Therefore, as you received Christ the Lord, salvation, as we understand it, is to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Christians are those who have received Him by faith alone, in Christ alone. Baptism of our children is performed by the church with their parents to bring them into the visible church as family members, but it doesn't save them any more than communion does or any other works of righteousness does. And that is why we practice confirmation also. This is another beautiful reason why Baptism Sunday is a day to celebrate. I'll bring you back to the passage. Let me read it again. Verse 6, follow along. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in Him, who is the head of all rule and authority. Let me speak briefly about the baptism of an adult believer. It is a miracle to witness an adult who was not baptized as an infant, who was not raised as a Christian with Christian parents, still by the mercies of God, come to a saving faith. And that is a reason for enormous celebration. Baptism for those like these people is a beautiful cause for celebration because they are welcomed into the church as a redeemed and beloved brother or sister in Jesus. Baptism for adult believers is again a sign and a seal, a sign that God is faithful to his people a seal that confirms God's faithfulness to his people, even in bringing those who are outside of the family of God into God's family without distinction or discrimination. So what about confirmation? That's what we're doing here today. Let's talk a little bit about that as we end. I think the Apostle Paul sums up the beauty of confirmation really well in these verses. He says, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith just as you were taught. See, where, uh, when a Christian confirms their baptism as an adult, these things are what they are saying. They are saying, yes, I will walk in alongside and with Jesus. They are saying, yes, 
I was rooted and built up in him as a child. And I was taught about Jesus. And I am now established in the faith. See, to witness a confirmation is to witness the confirmation of God's faithfulness. It is seeing, in a way, the final form of the promises of infant baptism. That these people were carried along by God, signed and sealed with the covenant of baptism as infants, raised by their believing parents and the visible church community, to finally, today, come to this conclusion, that my mom's God is my own. That my dad's God is my own. That my church's Savior is indeed my own Savior. This should make us speechless. Because God has proven again that He is faithful. The covenant of baptism is kept. These men and women committed into the Lord's hands as infants have been kept by God and are won over by God. I think that oftentimes uh, with adult baptisms and confirmations, we tend to put a lot of attention on the people being baptized. We love hearing about how people come to a saving faith in Jesus. We love hearing about how they overcame adversity how they overcame doubt, ultimately trusting in the forgiveness found in Jesus. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I think these things are good to remember and celebrate. We should keep on boasting about the power of saving faith. But the confirmation of believers in the covenant of baptism should also lead us to an amazement of God as well. Because God has kept his word. God has saved the infant which was brought to him by his church. The covenant of baptism testifies to what God promises to us and what he has secured for us. That is why we confirm adults. So is it any wonder that we make such a big deal about Baptism Sunday? Because it's on Sundays like this that the church is reminded of the wonder of God's covenant-keeping, faithful, loyal, unchanging love for His people. Of course, we should make a big deal about Baptism Sunday. Because we are witnessing today a covenant being drawn out by God and His people. In the baptizing of our children, I encourage our parents in the room who have already baptized their own children in the past, to think on that day. To recall the vows you made to your children and to God in the context of this covenant, as the vows are read out today for our own infants that are being baptized. And for the rest of us in the church to hear also and solemnly commit also to raising up these children, in fact, all our children in this church to walk in Jesus, to have them rooted, built up, and established in the faith of Jesus. And as we confirm our adult friends who were once baptized as children, I encourage us also to think on 
the unfailing faithfulness of God in your own life. That God is faithful to them. God is also surely faithful to me. That baptized believers are fully loved and fully known by God. That He loves us and treasures us as His very own possessions, as His precious children bought by the blood of Jesus. One theologian puts it well, baptism is a visible sign of invisible grace. We normally can't see God's grace at work in each of our lives. It's not like we can touch it and see it visibly. But on days like this, on Baptism Sunday, we are given a little bit of a peek, a visible sign that God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And may this be a deep, deep encouragement to all the saints in the room to keep trusting in, hoping in, and relying on this covenant-keeping God who welcomes people even like children into the kingdom and even sinners to sit at his table. Let me pray. Faithful and gracious Father, we sit and stand in awe that you are who you say you are and you have proven time and time again that you are a God who keeps your word. We thank you that this morning we are given a visible sign and seal that reminds us all of that. Lord God, I pray that you might continue to pour out your grace and love and your forgiveness toward all of us, but particularly we ask that as we remember your covenant-keeping love, that we also uh, pray a prayer of blessing for those who are being uh, baptized and confirmed. Be with them, be in them, and walk alongside them so that they might grow in maturity into the likeness of Christ. We thank you for this word that we have a proof, a sign, and a seal that you keep your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.